Charisma Quotient. I'm your host, Kim Seltzer, a dating and makeover expert, where I will help you build confidence, make connections, and find love from the outside in. Are you burnt out of the whole dating scene? Are you sick of just swiping a bunch of profiles and making zero connections? So then you decide that, all right, I'm going to just give up all of that, and I'm going to go out and meet somebody in real life. And then you go out there and you try to meet somebody in real life and you take away your little safety blanket of the app and then you realize, oh my gosh, now what? Like, I don't know where to go, what to do, how to connect with quality people. All right, I'm going to be brutally honest here. Numbing out and swiping endlessly on profiles or even just going out with your girlfriends and sitting in a corner table at a bar complaining about how there are no good guys out there are not good strategies to meet people. So you might be either swiping on a device without connecting or you're going out and swiping people without connecting, neither of which are effective. So you're literally just going through the motions, not having deeper, meaningful connections. And that all leads to more frustration, more negativity. And that negativity actually leaks into your dates, folks. It does. It's in your body language. It's in your attitude. And bam, there you are, dating burnout. So one of my specialties is helping people connect by teaching how to create attraction with deeper and more meaningful conversations. And in fact, just last night, I was coaching a woman, and she was that typical dating burnout routine person. Like she was just swiping. She would go swipe right. She'd go on a date. She checks her list to see if he made all the qualifications She looks for whether or not she's attracted to him, and then she leaves, and she's depressed because she doesn't find anyone attractive. So last night, I told her, we were out and about, I was doing my wing girl session, and I was noticing how she was talking to people, and she was literally just not even listening. She didn't even know, like, men that were checking her out. She was... She was seriously like swiping people. (laughs) And I told her, I said, you know what? I want you to stop just trying to get to the next person, trying to get to the next date. And I want you to just focus on connecting. And she looked at me wide eyed and she said, oh, my gosh, Kim, you're right. Like I have been completely in a fog. And I think that's what has been preventing me from finding love. So. Here, here's the thing. When you are in this rabbit hole, dating is discouraging. But I want to help turn that around by talking about how you can put the fun back into dating and actually making deeper connections with many people. So I'm going to do something a little different today on the podcast, and I'm super excited. I'm here at the world headquarters of the Great Love Media to record this podcast, thanks to Brian Howie, who I'm going to introduce in a second. So I brought some superheroes together to fight this dating infinity war (laughs) and discuss all this. You can tell I have two teenage boys. So with me is Charles Massau, although you say that you can like pronounce your name two ways. I'm like, I don't get that. I think you picked a third way. Uh, busted. Uh, you know, really? people have, uh, yeah, people so just have say just got it wrong. Well, Messau or Messo or Messau. Okay. So it's three so ways. So Charles, we'll sure. call you Charles. <laughs> right. He is launching a new dating app 
which is super exciting, called Cove. And it's about uncovering chemistry first through deeper and more meaningful forms of communication. So I'm super excited about it, kind of helping out and consulting on this app as well. And of course, with me is the one and only Brian Howie. Hello, host of the Great Love Debate podcast and traveling live show, although you only have a couple live shows left, I believe. In the U.S., yeah. That's like, I'm so sad because I was a part of that. I know. I've been doing it for five years. How, how, many, how many times do I have to keep going around? This is we solved all the problems, so I'm... I see, and that's what I want to talk about today because Brian, he has he's a wealth of information. Because here's the thing: like every time I talk to a client, they blame the city they live in, they blame the apps, they blame the men, they blame the women, like they blame, 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 blame. And you and I both know this: the common denominator is actually you mm-hmm. listening. And so, anyway, what I love about this roundtable is because we have representation of an offline dating venue where people can actually meet in person, Mm -hmm. right? And then we have an online site. And then me, of course, teaching skills to navigate both. So welcome, guys. Hi. Thanks Thanks for being here. Yeah. Sounds pretty exciting. You made it (laughs) sound so The superheroes. I know. You are the superheroes. So, okay. Well, Charles, I I really am so fascinated and excited for you about this app. And I know it's evolved and still evolving. Um, do you want to just like introduce yourself and how you, first of all, got into all this and explain the direction of where you're going with this app? Isn't that kind of interesting that you say it's evolved and really we're only 90 days old? Um, the tech has been built for the last two years, but it has evolved in the last 90 days. And uh, I guess that's just a statement on the chaotic, fast moving, ever evolving uh, landscape that we're living in. Not just in dating, I think just in the world, it's like, I don't like, I'll preface everything that I say by saying, I, we don't have a clue. Like we, we, we know we're, we're trying to identify problems that are clear in the dating app space, but it's, it's a, such a jungle. I'm almost lost for words. And I'm also honored to be here with you guys who obviously understand the landscape better than everybody, if not, um, better than most, if not everybody. So, you know, we just identified two major, major issues in online dating, which was engagement issues um, and depth issues. So we wanted to build a product around those two problems and address them um, dead on. Which I love, by the way, because that is the the biggest thing that I hear people talk about is the lack of depth and connection. Like I said in the beginning, people are just swiping and numbing out, not really connecting. So I love this concept. But before we get into the app, I just have a personal question. Mm. Like, what made you decide to do this? And are you, are you single? Like, where, where does it all fit in with mm. you? Well, where it all fits in is we built some technology starting a couple of years ago, and it was actually backed by, or it is backed by, um, a couple uh, famous athletes, uh, Maria Sharapova being one, uh, Andy Roddick being another, Jimmy Connors. I know you can see the tennis theme going on here, but there's other <laughs> celebrity investors as well. Tennis Bro- is a love game. Brooklyn Decker, Clay Travis. And, and so we were building a marketplace around people's um, basically one-to-one attention. And uh, we learned a lot from that product. It was basically a marketplace for people's time. And at the end of the day, what we noticed is that people wanted to connect with other people on a more personal level. Mm-hmm. And so it wasn't so much that you know, necessarily people were interested in talking to an ex hockey player. Although I think there is a market for that. It's just that we didn't have in the spirit of transparency, we didn't have the tens of millions of dollars to market it. 
And so we were operating kind of lean, but the technology was awesome. And it was giving people this access and this depth of, of human interaction, unlike many people can experience or a few people can experience online. And so the product didn't morph from that. It's just that we just identified a year ago different marketplaces that we wanted to disrupt based on the technology that we had, which was all built around um, communications. But what's the personal connection? You're like avoiding the question. Am I? <laughs> you are. Brian, do you agree with that? Am I in this question? I, I mean, I think you're a little bit like me. I think you're... You're curious uh-huh. on a couple levels. The dynamic between men and women, I think, motivates you on a curious level. And somehow, I think you like the idea of people being able to communicate with everybody that they want to communicate with. I think that's sort of where maybe I'm wrong. No, I think you're <laughs> you're you're dead on. And and what I was always, you know, I've got some buddies in Canada, some great buddies in Canada. We always talked about how, like, if you spend enough time with anything whether it's like a pet rock or a tree or a plant or another person you're going to get you're going to bond with that person it's something about the human spirit in all of us it's just like comfort breeds attraction to some degree right and yeah I don't, like i'm not i've never kind of thought about it in this way before you ask this question but i do feel that today people aren't talking and I also know from personal experience, it's like you, you may not think you're a perfect match with somebody, but how the heck would you ever know until you explore those, those avenues? And so I think it's pretty cool when two people are, just say pe- two people are stuck in an elevator that otherwise wouldn't be interested in each other. And then they had five hours to talk. Interesting things will happen in a, in a, in a stuck elevator. And I'm not saying I've ever been in one, but you know, that's analogy for other life experiences. And so, you know, today's so... I want to drop an F-bomb here, but I... You can. Yeah, I, I won't. Um, uh, <laughs> I will. Okay. It's, it's really messed up yeah. right now. So everybody is just in a hurry. No one's got attention spans. And then, mm-hmm. you know, no one trusts anybody. And then you exponentialize this experience in an online environment where you've got certain people that are more, I guess, say, their attention's more in demand than others. And it creates a really lousy experience. Let's put it that way. So uh, that's where I'm or I don't want to say I, that's where we as a team in Canada are coming at this uh, product. Yeah. It's interesting you use the elevator analogy because isn't it sad that it would take five hours for a person to actually talk to the other person? Do you know? And I think you're right. Like, why don't, why do we all look at the numbers while we're going up and down the elevator instead of just, you know, having a chit chat in the elevator? See, my worst nightmare, because I'm kind of introverted, is if I got stuck in the elevator, not that I might get stuck in the elevator is that I might have to talk to the other people in the elevator. I would be uh-huh. more afraid of being stuck with somebody or other people than I would being stuck by myself. So well, what, how about what yeah. would like, would you not want to be stuck in an elevator with somebody that you thought was attractive? That's different. That's like <laughs> taking the stuck elevator to like a one in a million fantasy thing. But it, it, it's more about, uh, you know, I, as professionally I encourage mm-hmm. people to engage and don't be afraid or whatever but I'm one of the worst people like I am begging Uber and Lyft to have a setting that is like a like do not talk to me like the other day I had <laughs> I, I pulled up my Uber and it said now at the bottom like he is like Joe is known as a good conversationalist I de- canceled the ride oh and I wanted God. somebody else are you serious yeah it's like a fear I'm like I do not want I want there to be a default like on my profile he doesn't like to be spoken to 
It's dread. It's anxiety for me, which is terrible, you know? No, but okay, but that's, that's, I'm, Brian, I'm so glad like you're talking from the heart because I think there are different kinds of issues with people not talking to each other. One is, I think there's true social anxiety. And, yes. and Brian, you and I have talked about this. Like, mm-hmm. there is, like, just some people are predisposed to that. But then there's the technology reasons, right? Why, where people would rather just talk on a screen because it's just easier and safer mm-hmm. than actually being vulnerable to, oh my God, maybe he won't like me or she won't like me. And that's the fear of rejection. So there's anxiety that's just like predisposed. And then there's this like whole thing happening in the world. So Okay, so then... My anxiety is more like, how do I get out of the conversation when it no longer interests me? So you're not the guy who boards an airplane. And, oh my God! I'm you're not, you put on so the headphones. Where are you headed? Yeah, do you put on the headphones right away, or I how pretend, do you? I'm up? anywhere from put on the headphones to pretend I'm deaf, like all of it. Like, so where are you headed to? Like, that's my that's anxiety. Right. And I'm I'm a, I'm you know prof- a performer as a job. I'm anxious when the lights go off. But I don't that's want to, I don't talk to anybody. Yeah, because you're in a role. Yeah. That, right? I control when it starts and when it ends. I'm completely in control. Conversation is, right. is new. And it's not getting better. It's getting worse as I get older. Mm. Can we pivot this podcast and just dive deep into Brian? Because well, like, I mean, this I is very interesting. Yeah, but I, this I, is interesting. A this, but a yeah. lot of people are like this. Yeah. A lot of people. Can I say what I think the biggest problem with dating, online dating is? Go ahead. The biggest problem with online dating is not that... Uh, People lie on their profiles, and it's not the it's any of this. It's literally not only do we not know how to communicate face to face, we do not know how to communicate online as well as we think we do. We know how to text our friends, and we know how to text our colleagues and our mother, and and, and message all these things. But having these conversations with complete strangers is something that we're still not very good at. So. An overwhelming percentage of messages from men to women do not get answered, do not get responded to. Mm -hmm. And then, and part of that is because the women just are are a little bit apprehensive to engage and and they're inundated. And a part of it is the stuff that they're inundated with isn't that interesting. So it's sort of like you're forced to engage with somebody who didn't really get your interest. You don't know anything about them. It's really, really harder. And I think people overlook how hard it is to communicate with a stranger that you don't even see. It's like picking up a phone call from somebody that you you don't have any business with yet uh-huh, and right. trying to have a conversation. People overlook that part of it when they talk about why online dating doesn't work the way they dream it would. This is a really interesting point because it's something I hear my clients struggle with all the time because we're in this what's next generation, the instant gratification, is that people are getting bored faster. Yeah. (laughs) And so if there's no purpose for the conversation, then people click off people. Well, yeah. It used to be you would walk up to somebody in in a bar or something. Right. And you would talk to them and you at least saw what they looked like, saw their body language, had it. And even then you would walk away most of the time. We aren't trained and we are not used to having any other conversation, if you think about it, through text or messaging that you have in the course of your day. That is not online dating. You either know that person or you have a reason to contact that person. Like it's sales or it's business or it's something. This is... I hope there's a reason. I hope there's something we can talk about. And you're sort of 
fumbling into a common ground when you don't know yet, that's why it breaks down. Right. And what I'm trying to teach people is that the reason to talk to people is to connect, to get curious about people again, like how our grandparents used to, you know, in a sense how, I mean, that generation was, they would just sit and have have a conversation just for the purposes of connecting with people. And we've lost that because we don't have time for it, right? Or there's not like a purpose behind it. So um, I have a question about, because you see it all over with all generations, and I know you're looking at different, do you think there's a generational difference, like say with the millennials and like the other generations with this whole dynamic and connecting? The younger you go, the easier time they have with dating apps. Not in terms of uh-huh. getting married or ultimate success, at least with the mechanism of it. A lot of, you hear a lot of women like, I want the guy to pick up the phone and call me. And, I, and if somebody just like wrote that sentence and I didn't know how old they were, they're over 35. <laughs> right, call me, right. The younger people don't want any yeah. part of a phone call. They haven't had, been, had a phone call in unless it's maybe their parents in a like long time. Like it's intrusive. T- it's, they're like, ew, it's so ew. weird this guy tried yeah. to call me. Which leads to confusion from the guy. So say a guy who's 34, he may date somebody who's 27, he may date somebody who's 37. He almost has to have two different approaches and that's really hard and confusing for the guy because not everybody wants the phone call. Not everybody wants that. Some people are very comfortable communicating only in uh, gifts and emojis. Yes. <laughs> Very comfortable with that, you know? Right. But so it's almost like you have to figure out what language this person speaks, yes. what is their preferred method of communication, and and that's where it tends to break down before it could get anywhere. Charles, what do you, because the app, I think, has a really interesting solution around that. You want to explain how it's working? Well, two things, really, because you touched on two points. Number one is you mentioned something about like the traditional sense of getting back and actually sitting down and having conversations. I'm not necessarily, and I'm not pushing back on your your statement more so that I'm also, I think a bit of a realist in that things change, things evolve. It's not happening. Yeah, it's not happening. You have to go knock on the door and they're like, this guy was such a jerk, he called me. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. in the early days of the phone, he didn't messenger me, he didn't go through my dad. Yeah, we can't say like, we need to start doing that. We're not going back to that. And I I don't believe in that. And so it's more like, okay, how do you then create something that's more appropriate for a 2018 or soon to be 2019 uh, reality. So that's the first thing. And then second, when you talked about, like you're right, having a purpose, you're saying people are struggling because there's really, it's Mm -hmm. hard to talk to a stranger and what about? And so that's part of kind of like the core of our product is that we're guiding people through this experience. We're saying, okay, yeah, two people you just matched. It's probably based on nothing more than a photo profile and a couple lines on on the profile and they may be bullshit they may not be and so then how do we take this conversation and actually evolve it so it actually has some meaning and there's some depth to it and you actually have some ability to understand or get a feeling of the other person's personality if there's enough compatibility to meet offline and we're not talking about a long drawn out uh process here it's just all done in a very compressed again respecting the premium everybody's time and attention and so when two people match, they have uh, three text messages that they can s- send back and forth. And then once they hit those three text messages, they are prompted to say, do you agree to go to the next level here? And the next right. level is audio message or voice message, which is scary and terrifying as we see for 40% of the people who are using our app, which is, you know, between our launch product is, you know, 
the majority of the people on there are, are skewing 20 to 40 right now. We'll widen that. Uh, but growth happens when you step out of your comfort zone. So if you're actually in it to meet exactly. somebody, like why not explore? Like they're going to have to hear your voice. And then anyway, that's the second level. And then the third level is video messaging, which can eliminate, you know, catfishing. And then it's the person posting mm -hmm. pictures from three years ago and all the concerns that people have. But there's a mutual agree uh, step between every uh, stage. And this whole process, because you're talking about like having people having a purpose and we're guiding them through this this process all within the span of 10 days or else the con the contact drops off. So I feel like we've addressed that in, in terms of like we're trying to get deeper and quicker and honestly, the feedback has been great, except for the people that don't, and I'd say it's 40% that are a little shy about getting a little bit more personal, which is what this is all about. And I think it just, the whole thing makes sense from a, it's, it's, it makes sense from a practical standpoint in the sense like, why wouldn't you want to vet and understand if you have more compatibility before you take the time to meet offline? And it makes more sense from a an existential level. It's like, why wouldn't you want to get deeper versus superficial bullshit text conversations about where you're from and the weather and like, but you said something really perfect. And this wow. Okay. Let's end the podcast about. right here then. With the what? And the podcast. Right here. I'm perfect. I, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't say anything perfect. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, no. It was because you talked about that there's fear, you know, like every level that people get to, there's, there's more fear. It's like you're upping the ante, right? It, it's kind of safe to just, yeah. you know, swipe. And that, that's where, honestly, this is where I, I come in, you know, with my cape and help people have that ability to connect with people. And I never meant to say before that people are going to go back to our grandparents, you know, mm -hmm. age, but I think we can learn from, from that era and right and adjust it to 2018 where people are actually having the skills and the purpose to just really connect. Cause you know, like last night when I was working with that woman, the minute I taught her my social engagement formula, the conversations completely switched and she found herself getting more attracted to people that upon first impression, she wasn't attracted to. So there's still that emotional component that creates attraction. And that's where I think people are getting fearful. So, and I don't know if you've done research on this, but when you said that there's a lot of fear going on when it goes to the audio, right? Have you done any research on what people are saying they're fearing of? Like what, what are oh, they heck fearful? Yeah. I think it just speaks to Brian's comment that it's the generation that doesn't want to be, have to use their voice. But that ah. being said, mm -hmm. we also had a, a lot of feedback and, and again we're in such early stages on this it's it's borderline comical it's like we've had feedback that's significant saying i thought i was going to be against it and then when it actually when i did it it just is like it's great and i've used the app myself and never saying that hey i work for this company but i've used the app myself and it's amazing when you actually get to a date, it's very, very comfortable because you've been exchanging voice messages, you've been exchanging deeper levels of communication before yeah, you even you get, get more comfortable. It's sort of like you may go a long time now, sort of like the way our penmanship has deteriorated because we don't write anything longhand anymore. Right. Our phone skills or our, our speaking skills are not what they used to be. They're so atrophied. People are afraid of everything from the sound of the sound of my voice, what do I say? You do coaching calls, you have um, call-ins on your podcast, you do all, I can't even have 
call in guests on my podcast. I don't. I have to have either everybody in studio on both my podcasts or I can't do it because it's really uncomfortable for me to just rely on voice. Mm-hmm. I would almost rather do a podcast by text or in person, <laughs> but phone now is such a small part of my existence and a big chunk of the dating uh, population's uh, existence. It's not even that you don't want to communicate, it's not even that you can't communicate, it's communicating through a, mess, a, a means that is really unfamiliar. It's the unknown. I mean, yeah. that's what anxiety is all about is is when something's not known to us. And I think where people are getting tripped up is it's always bigger in your head than it is in reality. Always, every single time, right? And we're our own worst enemy. So we picture that it's going to be this huge thing or I'll get rejected. But then in reality, it's usually what you're saying, Charles. It's great. That's why, but pe- So people are willing to yeah. evolve, like Charles yep. said, on some level, and they're not. Because women all the time, women over, like I said, like 35. Yeah. They're like, you have to call me. That's that's the way I do it. And I go, can the guys pick you up? No. Well, they used to have to pick you up. Right. Like that was like you met this guy at the bar at two a.m. and he was a stranger. If he's going to take me out, he has to pick me up. So on some level, the women have completely changed. And on the other level, they're clinging to this one thing that they like, and the guys are lost. They're like, totally. well, so you want to date on this way, like it's nineteen eighty seven, and then the other way, you want to date like it's you know twenty twenty two. And a lot of people are dropping out simply because of confusion. Yeah, They don't know what each, there are no standard operating procedure for anybody, any age, anything. And it's more variables now. We used to all have to, when we went on dates, you'd call me up, you'd pick me up, you'd take me out, you'd pay for me, you'd take me home. What does that mean when you say they drop out? Where do they go? They go to uh, video games and porn. Yeah, they get their they, stimuli through other things that are not rejection. They they these are temporary dropouts, or this is like, no. Well, I think we're out. losing percentage of the dating pool. A lot of women are like, "What do I really need these men for? Do I get satisfaction from my friends and my wine and my dog without any heartbreak?" So, especially in the last year, I've noticed there's a certain percentage on of women that are. I'm going to go away at least for a while. And there's a certain percentage mm-hmm. of men who are just gone. We're never going to check out. So when they predicted that the, the, the world population is going to cap out at like nine or 10 billion, were they factoring this in? You think? No, they weren't factoring in virtual porn. I think, I think they were, <laughs> uh, they were factoring in there's some resources and all that. I, I don't know if it's going to, cause the populations, you know, keep going up on, uh, to, to something. But as far as the, whether it's just dating fatigue or it's not worth it, mm-hmm. especially in 2018. A guy's used to, it was also, it was already terrifying for a guy to approach a woman and possibly be rejected. Well, now he's terrified that he might be rejected and called a pervert and fired from his job and all sorts of things because he has no idea what he's supposed to do. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and that's a real fear. It like, is. I hear that all the time that it's just, both sides of it say, it's just not worth it. Do you remember that woman at the Great Love Debate? I was at your show in Hollywood and she was a millennial and she said that she was freaked out if any guy were to come up to her and say hello. She's like, that's creepy. And I would write yeah, and she was oh, relying on the app. There's two things on yeah. that. One in Los, in Los Angeles, yeah. the woman said, I do not want anybody to talk to me when I'm outside of my house. I don't want to be approached anywhere. A woman in in New York said, when a guy approaches me, I am a victim of otherism. 
Otherism. And I said, what is otherism? And she goes, it means you're singling me out as being different from everybody else <gasps> in the room. And I don't know if you know how offensive that is. And for me, I'm biting my tongue because I'm like, I don't know how big a problem this is. She's like, by s- making me feel different, because you <laughs> seem to choose she- me, oh my. that made me feel bad. And so, I mean, the... Some of the people completely rolled their eyes and some of the people completely understood what she was They're like, yeah, me too. They're like, yeah, I see what you're saying. That's offensive. Mm -hmm. It's like the woman in New York who sued and won because she was the only one in the office who wasn't getting hit on. So what would she prefer? The otherism? Yeah, what what does she prefer? Yeah. Being grouped into her Uh, identity being... Lab- I guess group conversations where yeah, you, you pair. I know. I don't know. I don't know how she would even choose who to pair off with. And otherism. I'm like quickly like googling. Is that a thing? It's a thing. Otherism. Otherism. Oh, that's so. New. It's whether she were singled know. out by race or, or or religion or singled out as different. A man approaching her at uh, Whole Foods. She was a victim. She used the word victim, victim. of otherism. Wow. Because he found her more attractive. Wow. And and we were like, wow, that's crazy. You know, whatever. You can't even dismiss it is because we don't know how people So she feeling. prefers that her identity is linked to the group that she belongs in. Which group? I, I couldn't even. Uh, I mean, I was not this skilled like, enough to navigate that why... without arguing with her. I just had to let it go. <laughs> I felt like I was being punked. And then because I you can belong go, to a lot of different groups. I get it. Yeah. I mean, you should want to be different from everybody else. That's a good thing. Right. But I also think, how old was she? Was she a millennial? Uh, she, yeah, she was yeah. in her 20s. Yeah, yeah because and, and you and I were talking about this, Charles, is that I do see that there's a difference in the way that each generation is dating. And I think that, you know, the millennials they do hang out in groups and they're doing more hang out and then hook up. That's their form of dating. Whereas I think 40 and up are courting still, They and they expect to be courted. They want that. Even though the 20s, they want that. They just don't know how and what that looks like, and it feels weird. But you bring up the courting. We can't court the way we used to. No, we can't. We can't ring the bell with flowers. All of those things. Let me hold the door for you. That is all gone. So you want the feeling that courting brought you, 40-year-old woman, but we can't take all the steps that we used to have. So that puts the men in no man's land. They can't do the, they can't create that environment of chivalry and all these women say, oh, I want the old fashioned man. And always, can I pick you up? No. So here at the Charisma Quotient, though, we always like to give people hope. <laughs> so we're, yeah, we're selling hope. So do I. We're selling hope here. We're selling hope. And, and there is hope because I see it with my clients. And I even though there's all this noise that we're talking about and rabbit holes we go down, I do believe that we're in kind of a stage of recalibration. I think sometimes that's, I mean, that's just natural how the world works. Sometimes it has to go all the way to the other side until we recalibrate and we find some balance with all of this that we're talking about. So let's, I'd love to hear from actually the two of you with your different perspectives, some tips on how people can get over the dating burnout, how we can connect more just based on what you're saying. And let's give some people some hope. Well, my, for the, the people who are getting burned out generally are the people, either they were divorced and they came back and they're having a bad right. experience, or they're over 30. So I said to, I say to those people, 10 years ago, 15 years ago, you used to go out 
and you used to do 50 laps around the bar every single night until <laughs> so you found somebody that you connected with. Right. That was swiping in that was 1993. Swiping, yeah. You didn't really get burned out then. You found other ways that it, the night was fun, even if you didn't meet somebody. And so I think you should do that. You should try and find, I learned something interesting. Somebody made me laugh. I was curious. I satisfied something in online dating. You treated it the way you went out and you're like, oh, that was fun. We had drinks. We laughed. The music was good and I didn't meet anybody. But you still went through four or five hours <laughs> out walking around hoping to meet somebody. You never got burned out from that. Yeah. You got a little hungover sometimes. You got tired, but you kept doing it. Same thing here. You try and find the other things about online dating that will stimulate you the way you used to at the bar. I love that because it's it's creating a pattern disruption, as I call it. You know, if you're doing the same thing, that that causes burnout. So do something different. Go on a different app. Get out into the world. If you're all you're doing is sitting there swiping, get out in real life. I love that. That's perfect, Charles. Yeah, I think you nailed it there. And as far as we're concerned, we tried to put together a tool that people could have as an alternative or hopefully a healthy and fresh alternative to what others might consider hookup apps out there because this is definitely not for people that think you should write swipe match and say, hey, you know, do you want to meet out? There's a process here. We guide people down a process that hopefully leads to a little bit more depth of conversation, but also, again, respecting people's time and attention spans. So Yeah. I love it. I love it. And I love that you found a solution too that meets kind of different ways that people communicate, like how Brian brought up, because we all do communicate and you're, you're breaking those barriers by gamifying it and making it kind of more fun to give people courage to get over some of those fears. So I, I love that. And I would say my tip is that you know, I always say, Brian knows this, that you have to diversify your dating portfolio like a financial portfolio. You gotta really, like, if, if you just do one thing, you are going to burn out. And when you're out, I invite all of you to not think of it like dating, but can you just go out and think of it as meeting new people? Because I think the word dating puts a lot of pressure on people and you act differently. But if you actually replace the word with meeting, well, that's, that's the thing I said. I, I tell people, especially the women, if she's, they're frustrated with either the type of guys are meeting online that we're talking about online here. Say you like dogs as a woman. Just go for, spend an hour on the site trying to find people who seem to have dogs or like dogs and just say, I'm going to have a dog conversation tonight with as many people as I can. So you're love finding that. a common interest before you even get to the point where I'm trying to find my soulmate or the love of my life. Find something that you're yes. interested in and then try and find other people who share that one interest and then go from there because that can be a satisfying experience on online too right? Yes, absolutely. And along those lines, another like conversation kind of trick, if you will, is don't just keep firing questions at the person. Like they start feeling interrogated. Like, where were you the night of? Like, actually share something about yourself because it'll give more context to the conversation, more ebb and flow to the conversation. Wouldn't you agree? It's that's interesting. You bring that up. Uh, over the last like four months or so, I have asked, uh, I don't know, probably 5,000 people. What is the opening line mm -hmm. or question that the most people will respond to? Whether it's something that a woman said on Bumble to a man or another dating app where the man said first. Do you know what the number one answer that we've come up with that almost everybody will answer is? What? Knock, knock. 
Oh, knock, knock. And it's crazy <laughs> that we have nothing better than we did in the fourth grade. <laughs> yeah. It's like the tongue. Yeah, the sort content. of. But it's like the fourth grade mindset of just the simplest. This mm-hmm. is going to be silly. A knock, knock joke is silly. Yes. And people aren't afraid of silly. That That's the number one answer by far that everybody's okay with. That is really cute. You know, it's funny. I was working with this client and... She was doing the canned line of, oh, you come here often, or she was at a dog park, and she saw a really cute guy who had a really cute dog. Their dog started playing, and she's like, Kim, I totally crashed and burned. I'm like, well, what did you say? She's like, okay, well, we were kind of standing far apart, so that was odd to begin with, and so I just said, oh, do you come to this park a lot? And he's like, yeah, and then (laughs) it just like ended. I said, well, that." Right, like that I was that canned question. Right, do you come she here? Walks often? over there with knock knock. He has to answer. Knock knock would have been good, or sometimes it's not even a question; it's a statement, which can be really cute. I said, "What if you just kind of went up next to him, and you were looking at your dogs playing?" Right, and she's like, "Yeah." I said, "What if you just looked at the dogs together and said, 10 bucks, my dog wins.'" That's a cute entry, and she and and she's like, "Oh my god, I don't think of that. I think of just questions." That's yeah. why I like using observation and what's happening in Do front of you. Do you think I look like my dog? That's cute. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <But> you, <laughs> what if what if I would kill it at the dog park? Yeah, yeah that's cute. Dog park's really cute. Do you think yeah. I really look like my dog? You know. Yeah. And they hopefully come back. Well, your dog's really cute. So yes. So another tip around what Brian and I are saying is be playful, have fun. It doesn't have to be the serious engagement every single time you're talking to someone. Child. So if you're premeditating your opening line, isn't that thinking about it too much? Why, in those situations, I know like okay, you're into somebody and you feel like there's a window of opportunity there, and but it's like, shouldn't the tip or couldn't the tip just be like? This is just another moment in your life. Just no, be because people are frozen. It's like giving that that one, having one sentence in your pocket to And use. then what happens? You get that one sentence. So don't I look like that my one dog sentence then- is hitting the ping pong ball over the net, and all you want to do is hit them back. And when they hit it back, you're instinctively going to hit it back again. You have to take that thing to serve. So once you hit it over, or you're a tennis guy, and somebody hits it back, you instinctively that your instincts kick in but you also you also have to take that first step so if people are not either spontaneous or confident enough to do that have a handful of things in your pocket that you can use all you know so you're a proponent of the canned lines as an intro as an opener i am well canned line has a negative connotation yeah i'm just i like just the term opener high is a canned line if you walk up and say hello, that's a canned line. I mean, you know, it still is. So that you have to have something before you walk up and say anything. Well, I, I kind of agree with Charles, but I, I see your point too. I mean, I don't think the worst thing in the world, because so many people are in their head, is if they have a bunch of can lines and it comes across really superficial and fake and not authentic. I like to teach people about observing in their environment and what it, like what you were saying, just what is the environment giving you? What, what are you noticing? What are you curious about? Like really start paying attention to people. And that come that usually people will come from that authenticity kind of place and ask a question that's really organic. And it's way better conversation, way better conversation. Rather than just, I mean, the knock-knock's cute and it's something to be ha- had in your back All pocket. All you're trying to do is get them to answer. Like yeah, what I would it. do, though, I'm a slightly more confident. 
I wouldn't say a word. I'd walk up to her and say, you have an eyelash right here, and I would take it off your cheek. And it's so intimate. You're in the At zone. a dog park? Yeah. Oh, you have a piece of dog hair <laughs> right here. And I would just touch it right there. You have a piece of dog lint? Yeah. <laughs> you watch how, how the barrier comes down when you've invaded personal space for a purpose that wasn't perverted. Yeah. I, and it also depends on your body language and how you approach that, Very too. Very delicately. I'm gonna, I, you got a little something right there. But this is where life is cool because it depends on how you feel in that given moment yeah, that day. Exactly. You, but I, it personally, and I, I'm not saying like I'm not as talented or good looking or spontaneous as the guy across from me at this table right now. But if I do my best to improve myself every day, and I'm just aware of my surroundings, aware of the mm-hmm. situation, and I'm conscious, and I'm in the moment, I'm better off not having like a plan. I'm yeah. just like, I, I just need to, I, I've just noticed. In but my, is I'm going to walk up and say hi a plan? That's not a plan. It, it's a plan if that's your plan. <laughs> well, I know. Some people, it's, I don't like the word plan. I like roadmap. I mean, that is your path. You know, you can look at it as a plan or you can look at it as a path. My path to engage with this person is to walk up to her and say at least what if something. There was a, what if there was a better, so the reason why I don't, necessarily I'm not a big fan of that is because what happens if in the moment there is something better than high and you go oh geez I got to say hi Mm because that's my that's in my portfolio of no if you walk up and you thinking high and then you audible or you ad-lib something else fine what the high does or having that in your pocket it's your training wheels it's your safety net it's your default it's what I won't freeze on gotcha and and it's having that like you know, it helps. You do this podcast. You don't need your notes, but you have a handful of triggers for you to talk about things, right. and it's very common in anything. There are two, I mean, I think it's what you're both saying. I think is correct. I think it's having some tools in your pocket, but not being reliant on the tools. And I think that's the difference. If that's all you're doing, then that's weird. <laughs> Only tools is weird. You have to feel into the uh, you know kind of conversation and what people are giving you. Well. Unfortunately, I can't believe we have to like wrap up already. I want to keep going with you guys, but I want to just recap all the tips because they were really good. Um, You know, go do something different. Do a pattern disruption, as Brian Howie was saying. If you're doing the same thing over and over again, that is the definition of insanity, right? So do something different so you're not so burnt out. And look at the communication tools that you have, what you prefer. Try out Cove. I think it sounds really cool. And Charles, you can kind of give people where they can find it and all of that at the end. And then have some openers and, and really, you know, be engaged in the environment with people, connect, ask questions, share things about yourself, and hopefully that will help you with all this burnout. So, Charles, where can people find Cove? Three W's uh, dot meetinthecove.com. Awesome. And then our social is Meet in the Cove as well. And people can get it on all kinds of, like Android and... As of about a week and a half ago, yeah. Woo-hoo! Yeah, iOS and Android. Uh, Blackberry, no. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Blackberry, no. Pixel? <laughs> <laughs> awesome. And Brian, any last words and where can people find you? Uh, go to greatlovedebate.com. You will have uh, links there to our handful of live shows and our podcast and all and how to get in touch with us and all that other good stuff 
Awesome. Thanks for joining me, guys. This was, this was great. This has been the Charisma Quotient, and I'm your host, Kim Seltzer. And remember, you can build confidence, make connections, and find love from the outside in. And make sure you go to my site, seltzerstyle.com, if you're looking to get rid of any dating burnout. <laughs> Come and check out my new Facebook private group. It's called Love Makeover Insiders, and it's a group of supportive women. And hopefully you can get out of that negative mindset of all this stuff. So click the link you'll see here in the show description and stay tuned until next week with more tips on how to feel and look fabulous every day. 